0: Welcome to Nerds of the Old Republic, the podcast where we drink and discuss nerdy fiction. And pretty soon, I'm just going to be utterly lost. But that's for the next cast. This one, I'm totally in because we're talking The Sandman by Neil Gaiman. I'm Adam. I'm Sean. And I'm Mike. I already gave it away. We're talking the Netflix TV series, Sandman by Neil Gaiman. But first, we have a mission for you, dear nerd nation. As I mentioned, our next book and watch is going to be J.R.R. Tolkien based. The Silmarillion.
1: No! We practiced We practiced this! You coached me! I said it in a mirror! I wrote it off phonetically!
0: <laughs> Fuck! There it is. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Can I help you with that? Yes, please. It is pronounced
2: Silmarillion.
0: Can you use it in a sentence? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So, Adam cannot pronounce the word Silmarillion. Sometimes when I read these books, I take the word out and I just replace it with a real basic word. So Silmarillion will become silver. No, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to become, but that's literally a reading strategy. I feel like I was taught back in the day and I never overcame it. Oh, so I'm interesting. Fucked. totally fucked. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. That's okay. Fucked. We'll, we'll save you. But Nerd Nation, here's the mission. We want to make a friend of the cast out of Stephen Colbert. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we know that Mr. Colbert is a fanatic for this entire world. So we want you to get on your Twitters before it becomes a dystopian nightmare. Get on the Instagrams. Get on whatever (laughs) handle that we can find Stephen Colbert at and get him to listen to our next episode. Maybe even get him to contact us. Could you imagine how fucking bonkers it would be to have Stephen Colbert call into the next podcast.
1: That'd be a great career opportunity for him. I uh, know, if he really. were a guest on our show, I feel. Yeah. Like... I think he needs
2: the bump yeah. for his ratings.
0: <laughs> I really am a little concerned because ever since he took over that late night TV show, I don't even remember the name of it. It's like a little thing, but like, I feel like he's kind of gone downhill. He's really betrayed <laughs> his right wing values. yeah yeah i'm really surprised how much he speaks out against kanye west yeah it's crazy i'm not understanding this
2: he 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 might be the only human being on the planet that rivals my own knowledge of tolkien so Hmm. (laughs) or betters it or betters it
0: i would literally love to see this conversation between the two of you go back and forth there would be so much pressure on the lightning round dear fans Let's make this happen. Oh
2: no! I already know he'd destroy me, but I like to think I know a lot about it. But It'd he, be this, fun to this be this guy has the read the appendices front and back, and I uh, I've glanced at them. So I mean, he's <laughs> uh, he is definitely the foremost Tolkien expert. But I would love to see what he thinks of our our discussion of the great Tolkien
0: work. So indeed. Oh, absolutely. So there's your homework, Nerd Nation. Hit up Stephen Colbert on every social media you can. Send him to our podcast. Tell him we're looking for him. Tell him we want to talk to him whatever you can do
1: yep yeah it's it's really a minor thing to ask I think you yeah land us a major celebrity camp outside this house
0: <laughs> yeah I think that's exactly what we should ask our 12 followers to do is camp outside <laughs> house.
2: hey hey I think it's like, not...
0: it might be 14 or 15 at this point <laughs> it might be I don't care how many we are we can still be endless. Hey, not bad for... oh, nice. Ooh, you see what oh, I did there? Right, All right.
1: right. All I was right.
0: going to say, we're not bad for, for, a, for, bells. for a free <laughs> cast here that doesn't cost you a dime to listen to. No, no. Speaking of things that don't cost a dime, you want to support us besides getting Stephen Colbert on the podcast, why don't you hop on over to Good Pods? It's a social podcast network and catcher, and you can get great recommendations from people like you, like us, and you could follow us. We are The Nerds over on good pods i'd love to start a community with y'all listen to you share our our, uh, common interests and uh, pass around some good podcasts back and forth to one another and you know what you're supporting a good set of people here at nerds of the old republic but you're also supporting the little person you're supporting the underdog in the good pods podcatcher versus spotify and all those other ones that shall not be named because they might sue us for some reason (laughs) so you know Start up a Good Pods account and see if we can uh, start a revolution over there. Sounds right. good. Yeah. And now for the drink. This All is right. the second cast in a row that Sean has chosen to surprise us with a beer. So I'm going to let him take it away from and I here. I will say
1: it's going to be hard to outdo the previous cast, that peanut butter uh,
2: porter that hit the spot. Oh, fantastic. It was really good, but I'm going to reach to my mystery Amazon box of beers over here. <laughs> and I'm going to bring out something that... I know as English teachers, we often tell our students never to judge a book by its cover, which is cliched as it is. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest. We all do it. Oh,
1: and, well, I would shamelessly do it all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: like, you look at the three-body problem cover, which is still, still conveniently sitting here. It's an awesome-looking cover. I'm thinking, yeah, it's I want to read that. Yeah. Based on the cover. Listen to the cast, though, and you'll find out the truth. <laughs> but I, I uh, shamelessly bought this beer based strictly on the can alone. Mm. I didn't Ooh. even look at what the beer was when I bought it. I just thought that can has spoke to me. All about that can. Mm-hmm. I am all about that can.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I am on the hook. What do we got? I know. So really. I
2: chose this beer and then realized what it is afterwards, and I hate these kinds of beers. But <laughs> you guys will like it. It was too. late I to know can. what it is.
0: I know what kind of beer uh-huh. it is.
2: And it 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 spoke to me in a Sandman kind of way because the Sandman's older sister is, as you know, death. Mm-hmm. death and death is often represented by a skeleton it would be holding a
0: pitchfork not a pitchfork uh, a scythe.
2: scythe known as the
0: reaper
1: oh there and i found this oh,
0: oh hell now those are some yes. nice looking cans those this are. is uh what is lord this lord hobo
2: it's called <laughs> doom sauce Oh my god. It's a black double IPA by Lord Hobo Brewery. Doom, doom
0: sauce. It's like a I black s-
2: metal porno.
0: Oh my yeah. god. I, I don't even have to open snuff, this.
2: Though. I don't even have to open this can right now to know this is going to be the greatest beer of my life. Yeah. <laughs> this doom sauce. Fuck, that have is you ever a had, cool had a black ass IPA can? before? Then? I have not had a black IPA. I've had IPAs, which yeah. I'm not a fan of because yeah. I get heartburn from it, but. Yeah. The, the black IPA made me think that I would sell my soul for that. So I'm going to
0: yeah. disconnect them and as, pass these out. As death herself Fuck would say. Yeah. It has a stellar Grim Reaper on the front Doom whose sauce. face is a hop. Oh, and yeah. The can has a metallic sheen to it, which it, is fantastic. It reminds me fantastic. of
2: like, special foil comic book covers from the 90s. Like that's the quality of the print on this thing, and it's a graveyard, and like you said, it's the Hoppy Grim Reaper, and I'm thinking this is this is good for a for a, a gothic style cast. So yeah, oh, and man. there's a raven on one oh, of the tombstones,
0: yeah. which obviously is important yeah. to Dream. Yeah, gentlemen, are you ready for the ASMR moment? There, there's of the a camp? little
1: story oh, on the oh, side oh, here. too. Is there? Is, well, I'm not oh, going to read the ask? whole thing, but I just these, I think these are tasting notes, <gasps> but they're written like like this. A welcome darkness has fallen upon Boom Sauce, our flagship double IPA. Again, <laughs> and it goes on from there. Friend, Midnight, pouring conjuring, the summoning,
2: mortal men. These are great tasting <laughs> notes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Damn, you're right. We should should just read the goddamn thing. It's you funny. do it, Sean. <coughs> Are you ready for this, gentlemen? All right. We'll cut it out of it. Wait, sucks. this is
0: for the premium cast only. People should pay for this voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, no, yeah. You know, uh, uh,
2: hit us up with uh, our OnlyFans account. <laughs> a welcome darkness has fallen <laughs> upon Boom Sauce, our flagship double IPA. Pouring black as midnight with a hefty tan head. Yet. Conjuring the aromas of fresh citrus layered with the soft tropical fruit and candied orange flavors you know and love in Boom Sauce. (laughs) (laughs) By, by, By summoning the smoothest black malts available to mortal men, we have created a delicate roasted malt backbone with a slightly sweet... And remarkably clean finish. From the depths of darkness, the doom sauce emerges. <laughs> oh my oh man. gosh, that was
1: fantastic! That was so good.
0: I'll give just, you a bow for that too. For Thank the you. way you said doom oh sauce alone. <laughs> yeah, I literally could not look up from my microphone because I would have broke. Was I was time. trying so hard not to break down while doing that. Oh,
2: we need to get, uh,
1: uh, just, Sean, you just need to read, read the Raven on one of these podcasts. Yeah.
2: Uh that'll be on our Fold premium OnlyFans content. Go. There you go. Are right, you ready, guys? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's, Let's
0: do it. it. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Nailed it. Doom So. Whoa, that smells hoppy. I, well, it's a double IPA, so it's going to be, did they have the IBUs on it? I didn't see. Danny, you might have to finish it for me. It's 8%. Uh-oh. I don't think anybody should be drinking anybody else's. <laughs> Except for Mike, since we're at his house. Yeah, that's true. I can... It doesn't have the IBUs on it, but from Sean's reaction, it might be uber hoppy. No,
2: I just have a hole in my head. Right.
0: Oh. Are we allowed
1: to taste this now? Can I taste Oh, I already tasted it.
0: For a oh, double IPA, that's God. not as hoppy as I Good. thought it would be. Lord Hobo, Dude. you magnificent bastards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what have you done?
1: I mean, that tastes like, you know, an IPA. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't have known this was like a black IPA or anything from that. I mean, it just tastes like how I expect an IPA to taste.
0: It's always interesting how somebody balances the um, coffee notes you get from the, the darker burnt malts yeah. against the hop. Because, you know, generally you use like the lighter malts, like a caramel or like a, a Pills or a Munich or something like that in an IPA. Especially a double IPA, and then you um, you get like the extra toasted or the burnt malt for a black IPA, and really it doesn't add mouthfeel. It's just for the color mm. at that point. Maybe a little bit of taste, depending on how much you use. But in commercial breweries, it's not usually a ton because. Black malts, real expensive. There's definitely, a, you can taste the darkness in it.
2: Hmm? <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. But you know, <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> oh. I just want to say this is part of uh, Lord
0: Hobo's Good Lord series. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That's a whole other accent right there. Good lord! This is uh, you know what? For an
2: IPA, which usually I cannot tolerate, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will finish this beer. Oh well,
1: yes, Sean, your beer reveals you're two for two, man. We might need to make this a regular part of the show. This could be a new
0: feature. Yeah, yeah it's certainly better than Jenny. <laughs> you know, we don't or, get the tasting notes though that rego. came with the last ones. Yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to our last <laughs> yeah. two casts, the outside ones, where you can hear the lawnmower. Oh. You know the lawnmower man would be a good one to do too. I have such an affinity for that shitty movie. The movie or the short story by Stephen King? I did not read the short story. I. It's very short. Okay, yeah. Re- Stephen King wrote something very short. I yeah, and still doesn't
2: end as well as any of his. I mean, it doesn't well, no, end. No, at all. nothing <laughs> ends
0: well by Stephen King. No. But uh, no, I remember seeing the movie, mm-hmm. and. Being enthralled with it because I love techno thrillers and Mm -hmm. I love that sort of thing. You know, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce. Well, I forgot Pierce Brosnan wasn't it. That's right. So, lots of good stuff. Uh, We are enjoying the Doom Sauce. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't. Doom Sauce. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Sean's voice is three octaves deeper than mine. (laughs) We're enjoying the Doom Sauce by Lord Homo, and if you want to find yourself some. You know, go grab some. We're gonna take a second here to uh just enjoy this and vibe a little bit more, and we'll catch you on the other side of this break. <laughs> Alright. We are back. We're enjoying this Lord Hobo Doom Sauce. <laughs> nope, doom it still doesn't work. Sauce. There you go. Thank you. And uh we're about to get back into a conversation about Neil Gaiman's Sandman, the thirteen book graphic novel series that we read gosh when was it guys a year ago sometime Uh, in our illustrious past you should (laughs) listen to all of the podcasts Uh, to find out when it was adam and i are both doing the jedi hand wave right now (laughs) yeah just enjoy (laughs) um and i wanted to go back to your your first memories of it before we get to the actual conversation of the series i know we're a bit removed from the reading but um you know what do you remember what do you take away from that What did you bring with you to this watch of the Sandman TV series?
1: I think the series is a masterpiece. I had read it prior to us podcasting on it and reread it for our podcast. Mm -hmm. I I will, you know, I I said then and I'll say now amazingly, I have no idea why I have not read volume nine and 10, which is like the main series. And then I Mm -hmm. think there was a couple of extra things that he did. Um, I've read one through eight. I don't know why. And I've read one through eight twice and read then one through four for i think that's what we did for our podcast yeah um i have to finish it i don't know what the fuck is stopping me from getting nine and ten and finishing it but from what i've read uh multiple times i i think it is one of the most like profound things i've ever read uh so i you know i guess i'll leave it at that i thought that was what i had coming into the show
2: and and i love it
0: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i I love Neil Gaiman's work I think he's got some really cool conceptual stuff. I like the series a lot. I thought it was great. Um, I mean, there's a couple of things here and there. I probably said "fuck you" to when we did it, but
0: <laughs> just just to be that contrarian guy. Yeah, I, and that's my role, right? But <laughs> yeah. I
2: I liked it in general. I thought it was really good.
0: Yeah, that's where I was at too. In fact, um, it's funny how as I like meet new adults and we like talk about our shared interests, more of the like new adult friends I've made are like. I've got this beautiful bound collection of Sandman series in black leather with silver mm. foil. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad we're friends. This is a sign that we have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah. Also, how much did you pay for that? Because ha. I'm really interested. I've,
1: I've eyed that up more than once and I've, I've never pulled the trigger, but uh, it's it's a want for sure. That is gorgeous. Yeah. In of it.
0: I think it brings it down to a four book omnibus. Yeah. And obviously the books are, you know, the size of like a, a Tolkien yeah. <laughs> plug for our next podcast. Thank you. Yep. Um, and I'm the same way. I was just utterly gobstopped with how many things he could work into a series, realistically creating a world, and nothing felt oddly shoehorned or yeah, out of place.
2: World building is fantastic. Yeah. It, it's yeah.
0: up there with, you know, masterpieces of Tolkien variety. <laughs> I'm trying to pander, trying to pander at this point. <laughs> but no, seriously, um, it's one of those that I need to go back and reread because I definitely know that I'm gonna enjoy it the second, the third time I reread
2: right. it. It's funny you mentioned like the, the beautiful artistry of it too, because this is I was a big comic book guy back in the nineties, early nineties, late eighties and that and just knowing that this is one of the first graphic novels that transcended comic books and it became an artwork into its own and just mm-hmm how it it really did revolutionize the, like the comic book quote unquote industry. And it became something like, no, these are works of art. It's not, it's not like a dime store comic book thing anymore.
0: Yeah. It, it definitely transcended. And I think part of that was because of the awards it won Mm. uh, that got it uh, prominence in ways that uh, I don't think any other um, graphic novel or graphic work would have gotten beforehand. I feel really remiss to not know the artist like I know it was a DC imprint, but there were several I... that worked. Uh, with yeah, them. there was yeah. multiple, okay. and and Maybe you can why. see
1: that as like even the depiction of Morpheus himself um, can vary volume mm-hmm. to volume. He looks a little different. But,
2: but the beauty of that was the way Gaiman writes the character is that he is what he appears to be to all different yeah, people. True. So even yeah. when the art changes, it it fits <clears throat> with the story. Yeah, it's like the whole thing was just so well. Constructed.
1: It was. And it, it's, I mean, when I said, I said before I used the word, uh, did I say complex or profound? I don't remember, but they're both, both true supply. because they're, uh, you know, I mean, what is actually in those books is like, I mean, there's, there's legends and there's mythology mm-hmm. and there's philosophy there's and religion. there's re- so much religion. And, and it all, but you start to realize as you go through the series that it's like, this really isn't about whatever you think it's about in a single volume. What they all have in common, like the, the by, th- or the, the, the common theme that permeates them all is stories themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: way that stories are, uh, you know, woven into the fabric of our society throughout history, the role of stories, the role they play in our lives, the different things that we do with stories and what they can achieve. I mean, these are all things that are explored in every volume of Sandman.
2: Yeah, I, I, that's a pretty common theme in a lot of gamers' work, the power mm. of human story to break, to conjure things into being. Right. I think that's like American Gods follows a, oh, to for sure. like a, like a thread like that. And it's just the idea that we can imagine things into existence. Yeah. And I love that idea. I think it's fantastic.
0: Oh, yeah. I think as English teachers, that is kind of uh, an organizing premise in our profession is that, the things we read can manifest in our lives. And that's why it's important to read. Right. That's why it's important to follow the stories. And so, you know, the Netflix... Uh, oh, go ahead. I,
2: I got to imagine several million followers for our podcast into existence. <laughs> and I also want to imagine several hundreds of millions of dollars into my bank account.
0: Yeah, we have yeah. a <laughs> internal podcast text thread. For a while, we were talking about um, buying an island. Yeah, and populating the island with our families, and then other things mega like yachts, mega yachts, yeah. uh, race tracks, because some of us are car enthusiasts mm-hmm. slash you know want to just drive fast things. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for sure. So again, get Colbert, get Colbert. This is the second call to action. The journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. oh that was profound that was the number of callbacks to Tolkien we can make oh no that was Confucius buddy oh I thought you were quoting okay well but
1: I I believe if I'm not mistaken Confucius was heavily influenced by Tolkien (laughs) (laughs) that
0: is right Abraham Lincoln told me on the internet
1: that's right I read it
0: on Truth Social (laughs) that was was excellent right. Oh, Jesus Truth Social I brought it yeah y'all started that now fuck it I'm gonna continue it (laughs) All right. So, given how highly we held Sandman, I guess I'm going to start with the presumption that the audience has either read Sandman, listened to our podcast on Sandman, or watched the series. So, I just want to jump straight to did the series hold up to your expectations? We'll start with the big question and kind of work our way down.
1: Uh it exceeded my expectations, but that, you know, that's that's a an answer that i have to explain you <laughs> sure. know because i i really believed that this series was unfilmable and and there have yeah. been many attempts in the past that have failed because uh of that exact reason it's uh, you're reading sam man it's it's hard to really imagine how that could work um you know as as a tight you know 2 hour narrative as a movie or something like that yeah. right but they finally did it and um i went in this is one of those things i went in and said to myself that I was going to keep my expectations very reasonable. I did not expect any show that they made would even be in the ballpark of discussion in terms of artistic or literary merit with the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question was just like the 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 things that I wanted to see in the show uh, in terms of like the visual quality, the imagining of, of Morpheus uh, on screen... Um, you know, trying to hit the major beats of the graphic novel without changing or losing too much, um, the overall tone and atmosphere, those kind of things. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. were they there? Were they done well? And and I thought they were. I I don't think that the show's a masterpiece. I don't think it could have been. I think it was as good of a Sandman as we're possibly ever going to get, and and I was satisfied with that.
2: Sean, I uh, the whole thing was. Uh... It's like a live action love note to the graphic novel. The people who made it obviously have a high affinity for the story and the art and all of that. It was like, to me, it was basically the the comic book came to life. And that was, I don't want that to sound like too praiseful because I think there are issues with that. The idea of interpreting something and basically just rehashing what's already been done. Yeah. Which I think this falls dangerously close to just being, um, you know, I don't want to say the word needless, but something that did not necessarily need to be because it doesn't add anything.
0: Yeah. I was just about to ask, do you feel like it added anything? So you feel like this is a attempt to copy some of the stories from the collection? As Netflix would deem appropriate for their audience instead of adding to the world that Gaiman's created.
2: Yeah, I think what they're doing is, and it's probably a lot of corporate, you know, trying to oversee the, the creation of a long-term production where it's, we're going to establish, you know, almost like what The Force Awakens did, did for the new trilogy, which wound up spectacularly failing, but starting off with like, this is familiar, You will know this. Mm -hmm. This is what you are all expecting to see. And then guaranteeing that second or third season comes back or whatever, which, by the way, it has. They're coming back for a second season. And then they start to take more risks with the storytelling and the medium and all of that, which can get beyond... And I think Game is a producer on this, right? Like he's he's involved. He was involved. In involved. It. Yeah, he's he involved.
0: Was. I was actually looking as you guys were yeah. talking to this. So I,
2: I think there's the potential for it to become another part of the medium. And they did change some things, like Constantine being a, a woman in this one, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, you know, some things were superficially different. Some things were substantially altered. But really, on the whole, it's the exact same story. It's the exact same aesthetic look. The guy, I don't know his name. He plays uh, Dream. Is he is like Dream, like just walked off the page and he's alive, like yeah. that. He, Tom Sturridge. He he really nailed the fucking character. Yes. Like yeah, he. The only thing that I was pissed about though was when they draw the comic. His voice has that dark black line around it, so it makes you know yeah. that he's got an otherworldly voice. That's what that means. But he just has like a really soft sort of like commanding voice, which is so good in its own right. But he doesn't have the.
0: The dark, otherworldly voice, which I expected from Dream. Yeah, you know, I could see that. Yeah. And I did, I guess in two ways. Like, I really connected to Sturridge's portrayal of Sandman because he felt like an emo kid from my early days. <laughs> and so I was, like, yep. like hearing the cure in the background yeah, and that, so that sort of I'm thing. Like cure, Michael mature. Smith, or not
2: Michael Smith. What's his name? Uh,
1: uh, Robert Smith. Robert, Robert Smith. Smith, yeah. He's, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and so like, I love that. And the first, like, what is it? Maybe two, three episodes where dream is trapped in the trap in the basement. Um, and he's naked for the whole time. I'm like, that's literally shot for shot. Yeah. The graphic novel there, how that dude got his body to be that well aligned with the graphic novel. I'll never know. And I don't know if that's like makeup lighting or whatnot, but. Just skinny ass dude. The <laughs> skinny ass dude. There's hope for me. Uh, <laughs> but you're not going to see my ass on TV for 72 <laughs> minutes. Um, <laughs> Just your junk. <laughs> how, how much am I getting paid? Uh, check out our OnlyFans. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, it's funny as I, I'm i here on the page because we asked about um, Gaiman's in, involvement, and uh, he's listed as developing it besides being based on his series with Gaiman and uh, Sam Keith and Mike Drennenberg, um, he is not listed as a producer. No, I'm sorry. He's an executive producer, not a producer. So he's definitely involved in that. He was not involved in the cinematography or the editing. Um, But one thing that really surprised me is I guess I figured that Netflix would throw money at this, Mm -hmm. but all the reports I can find say that there's about 15 million per episode.
2: That's pretty high. This entire
0: series cost them $150 million. Wow. That's way more
2: than I thought.
0: Exactly. But I think that's the only way you could have gotten what we got. True. You know, um, the art style is one thing. You can do that with just good cameras and good lighting and decent acting and that sort of thing. But I thought so many of the technical turns that were required – for this to match the tone of the graphic novel which i think is so much of the translation really had to be done with first-rate special effects and so yeah. you know good for that team i can't find the name of the special effects team without you know digging into the credits of an episode or something right now and no, I don't it, do it that. is but beautiful
2: to look at though it's like, it's gorgeous. stunning it's yeah. up there with Rings of Power, and then that had a billion dollars behind it, right. but this is...
0: Holy shit, it had a we'll, billion dollars behind We'll talk literally? about that in our next episode. Okay. <laughs> but the... Um, Jeff Bezos sold a cowboy hat to make oh, that.
2: Oh, yeah. He uh, might have ruined his chance of buying the Commanders with uh, the wow. amount of money. No, he didn't. Don't care. Yeah. I don't care. But tune in next week, because we'll be
1: chatting with uh, Stephen Colbert about this exact issue. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and how the Simarellian has been... Hey. I'm going to mispronounce it 15 different ways. Hey, I got it! Uh, close but I enough. think so.
2: It sounded good. Look at that beer slur but it was, <laughs> uh, yeah
0: all right so we seem generally happy with the yeah. translation from the graphic novel yeah, to the series so um i wanted to switch over because you know the graphic novel so many things there are so many plot lines that some of them get tied in some of them admittedly don't get tied in they just make maybe a reoccurring appearance i'm thinking like shakespeare and, and that yeah. sort of thing in the graphic novel um, what did you think of the portrayal of the Corinthian and his drive to to kill Dream, to take over, to stay in the human world? Because I felt like that was a bigger driving force in the TV series as compared to the graphic novel. Yeah, I and ago. that was a
1: point I wanted to pick up on because um, I think it was very true to the story uh, that we got in the graphic novel, as Sean said. But I think there were several changes that they made narratively probably for pacing issues. Sure. Um, for example, one of the ones is that they they kicked up the story uh, that actually happens at the end of Volume 1 of The Sandman, where he meets his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, they put that somewhere in the middle of the TV series. And um, that uh, one where he repeatedly meets that uh, that guy every hundred years, which yeah. is one of my absolute uh, favorite parts of, of cool series. the series. I may be wrong, but I don't, I'm not even sure that that's in the first volume of Sandman. I think that's brought in from an, another series. And it's combined with that, uh, the death episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there are little changes that they make for pacing and for narrative. And, and so you're asking about the Corinthian. And I think that was, I, I think they probably looked at it and they said, like, you know, look, the series needs an antagonist, you know, which yeah. we don't get in the book, not a clear one. Right. He's there, but he doesn't do almost anything till the very end at the mm. serial killer convention. And then that ends. Because Morpheus shows up and is like, "Hey, fuckhead, get back in Dream World," and yeah. it's that's it. Like the yeah. story ends.
0: I made your ass. I'll take it right out <laughs> that, of here. That's
1: literally almost what happens in, in the story. So I think they said like, "Okay, we need a clear antagonist, mm-hmm. and we need him to be active throughout the series." And so they had to write in a lot of extra new shit to, to to do that. Turn him into an antagonist, and then they had to up the stakes at the end. Morpheus can't mm-hmm. just show up and. And fucking kick ass. Like yeah. you know, he needs to actually have a conflict that might not go f- well for him, and it's a battle. And um, so that was one of the big changes. Uh, and and I was fine with it um, because I think that's what they had to do. Like I said, for mm. pacing, if you didn't make those changes, then I think the the you know the the series uh, probably suffers because television is a different medium.
0: Yeah, that's fair, Sean.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think they, uh, you, whenever you translate something into a different form, you have to make it fit that form. And part of it was, you know, our expectations are that you're going to have this antagonistic force where I think arguably in the graphic novel, it's more of a, you know, an inner conflict for Morpheus throughout most of it. And he's dealing with his own problems and each one of them is kind of embodied by a different sort of small antagonist like the Corinthian or the guy with the ruby. Uh, Who makes
0: a big deal actually in the Netflix series? He gets a couple episodes all to himself.
2: Yeah, and it's it it is like that in the uh, well, maybe not a couple of like might have been a few issues he was in in the uh, series, but it was uh, you know again, it's all part of like that journey he's on to regain his stuff and to learn something about himself and. The you quest know, narrative. Yeah, pretty much. And I think that to make that work in TV, you do have to have that sort of like central arc that all the other pieces can pivot around. And the Corinthian just seems to make the most sense from what you right. get in the graphic novels to do that with. Mm-hmm. I think they obviously had to power them up a little bit, right, for the show. But it's, Absolutely. It, it's, yeah. not, it's not a distraction. It's more of like just a different interpretation. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine
1: what the show would look like if it ended the way the graphic novel ends? Yeah. Morpheus <laughs> just shows up and is like, hey you're going with me, and yeah. that's it, and it ends. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, everyone would kind of be a, that would be a big cinematic letdown.
2: It's more like French theater than at that point. Like, where you get like, <laughs> it just says Finn. I was oh, just about to say. Exactly. Finn. It's got a little more oh, ennui going on. And whatever. You <laughs> walk out thinking about existence going like, oh, man, I have so many questions. Like, this is like yeah. a satisfying American ending. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, he beats the bad guy. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: I, that's well said. You know, I think the graphic novel is more, uh, Uh, contemplative about what it would mean to be endless. uh, And that there really can be very few antagonists for you if you're endless. And so how do you as a character act differently? How do you as a character have or even see conflict? Mm -hmm. Like there's almost literally no conflict, which I think is the interesting start to the whole story in that this thing that is endless is captured. Mm -hmm. And so his response to everybody around him is fuck you out. I'll, I'll last you. You'll all die. And I will yeah. be out of here. So I'm not going to bargain with you. I'm not going to deal right. with you. I'm not going to interact with you. It's fine. Right. Um, So that, that does make a lot of sense to me. Uh, one thing we haven't touched on is we talked about the guy with the ruby whose name is escaping me right uh, now. John D. John That's D. A, uh, Dr. D. Yes, Did you yeah. catch where they set John D's institution? Oh,
1: yeah. That would be a little city on the lovely
0: shores of Lake Erie, Buffalo, New York. Indeed. Looked nothing like us. You know, I was trying no, it to was picture. in London, I looked. Yeah, I'm Son like, look at bitch. bitch.
2: There's like one street scene. Where I'm like, that's kind
0: of if you squint, looks a little like. Buffalo. If you squint, it looks like Buff General during a yeah, snowstorm. Kinda, yeah. but no. I'll it's just... tell
1: you, man, we are up and coming in the cinema world. Guillermo del Toro just filmed mm. Nightmare Alley. <laughs> there, great he fucking did. movie. Yeah. All filmed right. it here. And uh, Netflix just released a series uh, called Cabinet of Curiosities, which Mm -hmm. uh, episode one is set in Buffalo. It wasn't filmed in Buffalo, but it's set in Buffalo. Son of a bitch.
0: So we're a macabre place where weird (laughs) shit happens. That's what (laughs) we're doing. You know, I didn't make that connection, but uh, yeah,
1: obviously, yeah. the Guillermo del Toro Cabinet of Curiosities Mm -hmm. is a horror anthology.
2: Sandman is a dark fantasy.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's a compliment. I I think we'll take that.
2: I did think it was hilarious, though, (laughs) when she's driving... uh, john d in her truck there the one with the rottweiler lady.
0: and she's talking about like oh we're gonna be where are you going you're going here i'm going there I'm like none of those places of exist those. in new york <laughs> yep not in buffalo yeah not in this area well you know what can we all admit that it was better than bruce almighty oh the, god the movie that was allegedly shot in buffalo yeah. and you know what they shot in buffalo the fucking niagara falls right. scene that was right. it so, nothing else. suck a bag of dicks. I wish our waterfront
2: looked <laughs> as <laughs> nice as the waterfront in that movie. Though. Oh,
0: me too. Yeah. I mean, now it does. It, it's better, it's yeah. Close. It's, it's, better. Close it's closer, it's yeah. Better. Right. Back in our day, the, the river burned and, you <laughs> yeah, know, geez. all that stuff. There was more dead fish than actual live fish in it, but it's getting much, much better now. But at least it smells like Cheerios. That's right. It does smell like Cheerios.
1: Adam, I wanted to, if we have
0: some time, I wanted to we pick have? up on a
1: point you were just making about uh, the beginning of the series, uh, which I always thought was was super intriguing and brilliant. In the graphic novel, the character introduction and the whole like first in series or whatever you call the the issue, whatever it is in a graphic novel, he doesn't say a word. He just sits there looking physically imposing. And 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 to me, I think I expected the show to change that. Because I wasn't sure what that would look like on camera and if mm-hmm. that would be considered something that would hook an audience, but they didn't. and no. and I think you said it before that it's almost like shot for shot. It almost yeah. looks like the graphic novel. And man, I mean, it's part of it is is the people who directed. part of it is is the people who edited. but a huge uh, for me, I, I think a huge part of it is that actor like Tom Sturridge. I don't know. Because he's not physically imposing, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But there's something about Morpheus in the graphic novel that always is imposing, anyway. It's, somehow, it's yeah. the glower, maybe that's what it is. It's, it's glower the, power, the Derek Bruden glower that's right. power. It's there the cure power, power yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got it like this he actor really has does. it. Like he sits there and he just stares, and it's this intense, burning, smoldering stare. And he never says a word for like forty minutes of yeah. the show. So much credit to the people who who uh, decided that they were going to do it that way mm-hmm. and stick to the yeah. graphic
2: novel because I think it was perfect. The best thing about I really quick sorry to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. the, the best mm-hmm. thing about that character too is they did not they did not try to humanize him. Where you would I was I was worried that they were going to try and make him overly complex and overly yeah. problematic. Where it's like, no, he's not human. And like the way he interacts with the people he's wronged, you always mm-hmm. expect him to make some kind of amends and he's all like, we will see like yeah. with Calliope, you know, she's talking about yeah. their kid and all that and yeah. properly mourning. And, you know, there's this human pathos there and he's like, I don't know, you know, it's yeah. like he just sort yeah. of like leaves or, her
0: hanging. Or that story thread with, with Constantine's girlfriend that she just yeah. randomly ghosts, but they need the sand because right. she, you know, she left the sand there and she's been using the sand and she's fucked up. It's oh, basically yeah. opium, yeah. but worse. She's like, do something for her. And he's like, staring at the screen for a full 10 seconds yeah. before he decides, leave the room. Right.
2: Yeah. Uh, he and didn't, then he doesn't. He, he didn't have that empathetic reaction to it. was more of like, I'll do this for you because you help me out kind of a but thing. But that is yeah, a big part.
1: That's a big part of the series, I think, is Morpheus's journey to some sort of understanding or empathy right. with humans. Mm-hmm. And, and Death I has think, that. yes, she completely, which is interesting him. to
0: me, Death but, has it.
1: but I think that oh, it, it was moments like the one that you highlight there, Adam, where, um, you know, they, that's, they brought that across well in the show. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't fully understand what she wants or why she wants it. He's got an objective. The objective has been achi- achieved. Let's, yeah, let's leave. Sand. Right. Um, but at the same time, he's like trying to, you know, and that's what that long stare is—the glower power again. You know, yes. and then and then he's like, "Okay, I'll bite," and he and he
2: does it. Yeah. You know, and I, I think they—it's almost like a lark for him. It's like, why not? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've lived for millions right. of years. I can. Yeah. That's
1: not the issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: but do I want to spend the next three <laughs> seconds, which is nothing to me? <laughs> Curing this human, ending their suffering. <laughs> Real quick, the cure. Ding ding ding. Yeah. But you, uh,
2: you guys were talking about the actor Tom Sturge, and then yeah. I was just thinking to myself, there were some other really great actors, like a lot of Game of Thrones alumni in this, like uh, Charles Dance as the Magus who captures him. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. good. Like that guy is Tywin Lannister in uh, the Game of Thrones series, and he was. I didn't make the Very good there. Yeah, it's him. And then Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer. I thought that was inspired. Because yeah. like my wife and I are watching it together, and I'm like, that is the best casting I've seen in this entire show. Yeah, because the devil or the angels are all supposed to be androgynous, and she's an imposing mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. And just like how well they played her in that, and the way she carried that role, I'm like, oh my god, I yes. want a show just for her yeah. yes. as. And it, that's one of just the give best her Lucifer Morningstar. Yes. That's one of the best parts of this whole mythology that Gaiman has put together. Like, when Dream says that Lucifer's more powerful than him and all this. Yeah. But it's like, there's also the undercurrent that he's a human construct. Yeah. Or it is a human construct. God yeah. is a human construct. All of these things where Dream is not. Dream is endless. Yeah. It's beyond human imagination. It's just a part of the 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 being of the universe. But, like, God, the devil... The demons, all of them, they're all conjured up by humanity. Right. And they have as much power as we give them. And he is also subject to those rules. Right. Like, why yeah. he was captured and all that, which is a big part of the, the conflict in that, is because he has to abide by the rules, too. Right. Even though he's endless, which I think is a really interesting mythology. It is. And to circle back to the, the first point you made about the casting,
1: um, you know, I, I had this, like, probably less than 10-second uh, introduction to the character in the show where I was like, Really? Cause that's, I mean, you're right about the androgynous thing, but the, but the character is depicted very differently in the graphic novel. Um, and that was, I mean, probably the first time she spoke on camera, I was like, oh fuck. Like that's, that's uh, right. That's terrifying. Like yeah. that's so unsettling. I think yeah. I had a chill down my spine. You know? <laughs> I was like, that's perfect.
0: Yeah. yeah. The challenge scene between the devil and Morpheus. Yeah. Was one of my favorites in the graphic novel, and it just came across beautifully yeah. on screen. They yeah. did the right thing with the editing, being those quick shots yeah. of, so you know, I am the snake, horse horse eating, horse poisoning, Correct. or whatever she yeah. says, you know, I I am hope. Yes. And I was like, oh, oh fuck, The man. way she captured that, like, deep
2: sadness that Lucifer yes. has for being cast out of heaven, like, someday you'll see it again, and just that look on her face, and then she's like, give him back his his helm and then it's like
0: oh dude yeah it was was so good yeah so much of this relied upon the actors oh yeah i don't know how much free reign they were given but just keep doing your thing honestly absolutely i agree agree. i'm glad
2: it's back for another season honestly it's it's a good show Yeah. yeah
0: yeah i'm looking forward to kind of i think what mike said in where the um subsequent series add to the story instead of just replicating because i do think a lot of the audience they were aiming at are people who haven't read the graphic novels. Right. Maybe they'll go back Good and point. read it, which you know, bully for Gaiman, like give that author all the money you can give him. <laughs> but um, I really think that there's so much that he could kind of like lead them to have in the series. Yeah, uh, and you know, I, I hate to keep coming back to the number, but for 15 million episodes, episode, that's more than Friends. Made per episode back in their day, and that was for the longest time one of the highest-rated or highest-paid. Yeah. Don't forget inflation. Episode Adam, I mean. that's fair. That was you know. <laughs> the
2: world has changed since the mid nineties.
0: Shit, you we mean I'm old. not 15 anymore? Oh my god, dude, that was like 30 years ago. Yeah, it was, man. Fuck that. See, thank you. Damn. So, for those of you who um, are just tuning in, we're English teachers, and one of the, <laughs> I feel like one of the trappings of our profession is because the people in front of me don't age. Yeah, I know they leave and then they, you know, new students come in. But the people in front of me are always 15. So, because I teach ninth grade. So I always see myself as the same age as when I started teaching. I forget that I'm 37. Yeah, you're not. You're older. (laughs) No, I'm older. And I'm glad to be older and not dead. But I forget how long it's been. (laughs) I I
2: know we've talked about killing some of our cast tropes and not doing the same thing all the time. But I got to say this Fuck you, age! (laughs)
0: Oh God, I'm just
2: Damn. like the same thing. I'm sitting there going like, "Holy shit,
0: that was 30 years ago, mm-hmm. 30 fucking years, man." Which means that actually the Sandman series is older than Friends. It is. It's it older is. than Friends. It's so almost it's over, 40. Yeah? yeah, it's almost 40. Yeah. yeah. So wow. we're reading some old stuff, but proof that the good stuff hangs around. We're still alive, and Sandman just spent 100 or Netflix just spent 150 million dollars. Paying for a forty-year-old series. There you go.
2: Real quick before we do anything else, I just want to sure. say shout out to the episode of uh, "A Thousand Cats Dreams" or whatever.
0: Oh yeah. I, um, Much I, better, I think, on TV than on yes, a graphic novel.
2: I think it was the animation style was super cool. I mm-hmm. love the risk they took with that. The second half with Calliope was a little bit of a snooze, but the oh, yeah. uh, that first part was just wild, and I'm glad they did it. I'm like, man, you know what? This is the kind of Ballsy decision making. I want to see in a program that's doing like a fantasy thing like this. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. It was awesome. But
1: I agree with that. And and but you you briefly mentioning the second one with Calliope just made me think of a point that I I wanted to make about the presence of the actor uh, who who depicted Morpheus and and not even him so much as just the way they shot it and the editing. Because there's this great moment in that episode where uh, whoever the author is, I I forget his name, but he comes back into his house Mm -hmm. and Morpheus is sitting at his writing desk waiting Mm -hmm. for him. And there's a lot of moments like that throughout the series. There's one right in the very first episode where he first gets out of the bubble that he's trapped in. And um, he's again. He's just sitting in a chair when the guy who's been like looming over him for decades walks in. There's all these moments where Morpheus is just present. That's all mm-hmm. he is. He doesn't yeah. even have to open up his mouth, and he's just so imposing, or at least cool looking. You know. So credit to wardrobe, credit to editing, and yeah. everything.
2: Agreed. I think the best part about that character too is, like you said, it, his motivations are a bit ambiguous sometimes, and it's just the. Um, He's not outwardly seeking revenge, but he's not above it either. You know what I mean? Like, there's like this again. He he plays that role of almost like disinterested revenge in a way of like, I guess I need to go and do these things. I got. He's more. This is what the humans expect. Yeah. But he's more interested in setting his own house right and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It doesn't matter about the other sides of things. He doesn't mm-hmm. give two shits about any of the human part of things. He just needs to get dream the dream world back the way it's right. supposed to be. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's good. I like the series.
0: Yeah. You know, um, well, I think we can end on that because, you know, here at Nerds of the Old Republic, we're always trying to innovate, which is also a way of me covering <laughs> for the fact that I just plumb ran out of time. To do a lightning round.
1: We should burn the past. That's right. <laughs> Let the past
0: die. Kill yeah. it if you have to. <laughs> you can't return to the past. What do you mean, old chap? <laughs> so many references here. That's not science fiction. No, We're going to send not, you I'm
1: back saying. to the future.
0: <laughs> 21.1 gig. I don't know. I got nothing left here. But uh, in all seriousness, you know, we were talking and this is actually one of the first. This is the first season where the pandemic is, thankfully, fully receded. We're back to the like, Oh, shit, now you said it out loud. I uh, did it. It's over. It. It. Going back. <laughs> Delta Cron or whatever the fuck is going to come back. Delta Cron? Delta Cron. <laughs> this
2: 8% like, beer, Sean. It's got like a Transformers like Decepticon name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Delta Cronius. Yep. But, no, uh, we were saying... Before that, like this is the the first season where we've been back to like full work expectations for full, full life expectations, you know, and so whoa whoa whoa. <laughs> uh, well, okay, me, yeah, <laughs> I have these things again, and so I just have not balanced things correctly. But perhaps it's time to break with the past, because you can't be, you know, in a rowboat rowing against the tide, boarding back into the past, <sighs> oh, yes. Ceaselessly. Ceaselessly. Uh, <laughs> Come on, if it's I just. I don't know why they came to me instead of sci-fi quotes. I'm sorry. But in any case, we're looking to change the end. AKA, again, I forgot to do the uh, lightning round. <laughs> so if you have any suggestions for how we can end the cast in some sort of fun competitive goofy way we'd love to hear it hit us up on good pods fist fight Twitter, ultimate fighting fight, yeah. arm wrestling leg wrestling <laughs> yeah, leg, leg wrestling, wrestling. Leg wrestling. Right. uh Which you don't know is sean would have the advantage because is a good foot and a half taller than me so not fair but uh yeah we're open to anything hit us up on the socials let us know you know what do you uh what do you hear out there that you like what do you think we could do differently we're just looking to yeah. shake things up something different because uh, lightning runs is so 2021 Indeed they are, <laughs> right? Uh, that being said, I think we're three yeses for the Netflix series. Am I reading the rumor? Yeah, No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Sean. I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> no, yeah. It's one of those rare... Uh, it's a rare thing where I agree with everybody here. Yeah, we, we've good. had a few of those. Saga
1: we was have. one, and uh, yeah. I know, was uh, the probably other probably another one. <laughs> yeah,
0: if you've never listened to our Saga cast, another oh, fantastic graphic yeah. novel series...
2: Go pick it up. The second half is in process, by the way. we got to get back into that soon. Yeah, we that's really right. do. The f- yeah. first
1: volume, I think, just came out, right? right.
2: Yeah. I, I will say this, though, by the way, real quick. I, I was coming into this watching the first few episodes going like, did this really have to get made? What the fuck? You know, I was all ready to start yeah. laying it down, but I got fair. into it more, and I'm like, you know what? No,
0: it's good. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to fight it.
1: It's good. Yeah. Watch right. it.
0: Sean, there you go. <laughs> That's good for you. I don't know what's gotten into Mike tonight. He's given away so many bells. I know. I've been playing with the
1: bells tonight. <laughs> you know what? I needed
0: I needed to pick me up. So slutty I appreciate with that. The bells. Thank you.
1: But um I you know, my recommendation is obviously yes. Uh, I, I have no real criticisms of the show. I felt that the 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 final few episodes um Were they kind of locked into the narrative and like you know the the, trying to bring it to a head and resolution and all this stuff, which I understand why they did it narratively. I thought it lost a little steam in those last few episodes. The first six episodes or so was so much great character and world building. Um, uh, so I mean that's if I'm if I have any criticism at all, that would be it, and that's a minor Mm -hmm. nitpicky thing. I'm I'm obviously a yes. I thought they did a really nice job with something that is obviously difficult to uh to film
2: you agree yeah.
0: yeah yeah same here i think um in certain ways the style that netflix added on top of the story was um just different enough in certain ways stylistically and seeing like live hu- moving humans in the world of sandman was uh, interesting enough to keep me around for sure even if it locked onto the narrative to use mike's words there um and i'm looking forward to seeing what uh season two does for yeah. probably more than 15 million an episode but, you know, God bless them. Netflix has got that cash to throw around. And they got the cash. Right?
2: Just like Amazon's got the cash for rings of power.
0: Speaking of, <laughs> join us next month as we lock into the Silmarillion yeah. And rings of power. It's taken me five times to say that. You
1: got it, man. Yeah, you got it. Just you takes practice. It. You know this. By jur token,
0: <laughs> jur token. <laughs> I will tell you, dear audience, I never pronounce it that way. Just let you know. J R R. Hard pauses between the letters. J
1: period. What do they stand for? Jason Jeremy
2: Rick, Reynolds Ryan. <laughs> So Are we bringing back the lightning round?
0: No, I won't even hit the bell for that. But <laughs> join us, join us next time when we dive into the Silmarillion and after that, uh, Amazon series Rings of Power, and we discussed
2: uh, with Stephen Colbert, which we know you're <laughs> going to make that happen for us. So come thank on.
0: You. Pull hardener nation. We want to get that. That's right. Let's make a friend of the cast.
2: We got to stress our worldwide influence in everywhere on the globe except for, uh, what is it, Nebraska and Vermont. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone
0: else is listening to us. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) everyone else on every continent. Yeah. We
1: are looking for total penetration in all possible interpretations of that phrase.
0: I just cringed <laughs> when he used the word penetration. I'm sorry. On
2: that note. That, that'll be our new catchphrase. <laughs> there is the old public, total
0: penetration. Total <laughs> penetration. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord Hobo, and your doom, doom. sauce. <laughs> you have been fantastic. All right. Thank you so much. Nerdy. Thank you for tolerating us. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your time. Thank you for tolerating us. As Mike has just said, we'll catch you for those next episodes. Until then, stay nerdy and cheers. Cheers.
1: Boom Boomsaw. <laughs> <laughs>